Mobile is the future. Use it to power up your profits. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Our show focuses on the latest news and information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. We speak with the power players of mobile monetization. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Please welcome our host, Wen Tu. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, the ultimate platform to run your mobile business. This is your host, Wen Tu, and each week we discuss a key aspect of the mobile industry with the mobile thought leader. App development is certainly on the rise, and the business category for mobile apps is rapidly growing with diverse apps launching every day across businesses large and small, across all different verticals and niche markets. Today, we have Andy Lacates, an executive from Apple's FileMaker division, to discuss the advantages and disadvantages of mobile business apps. Andy Lacates is the Director of Solutions Consulting for America's business team at FileMaker. Andy has spent more than 25 years as a developer, consultant, trainer, author, and evangelist to customers globally. His solutions consulting team meets with hundreds of customers annually, driving best practices in technology, deployment, and business modeling. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you, and I'm delighted to be here. Great. So business apps, there seems to be a big surge in business apps right now with a lot of tools that are either no-code or low-code development platforms to make it really easy for businesses to build custom-fit apps. So, Andy, how do companies know which is the right approach to them? There's a lot in that question, and, and I, let, let me hit a couple of those points uh, individually. I agree entirely that there is a, a surge, if you will, in, in business applications and attention on the platform. I think it was just a couple of weeks ago at the uh, Boxworks conference that uh, you know, Tim Cook from, from our parent company uh, made some comments saying that you know, if you look today at, at, at business mobile strategy, there's too much focus around email and basic things, you know, not mm-hmm. reinventing or transforming the business. And so yeah. there's huge opportunity there. And we agree entirely, right? Business apps is what FileMaker is all about. And we have been focusing on transforming business process for, you know, like you said, over 30 years now with that platform. And, and now with mobility, we, we have the same you know, ability to, to help customers realize their, their vision and, and build custom applications that match their business requirements. So, you know, to your second part then, you know, where do custom fit apps really, really come in? And, you know, Again, we had a long time experience at, at addressing this with, with businesses where, where teams get their work done. Uh, FileMaker isn't necessarily a platform for enterprise scale applications. You know, we don't compete with the likes of an SAP or a PeopleSoft per se, but in enterprises and in businesses, even small businesses, medium sized businesses, FileMaker is used to augment other tools like that and really help solve productivity problems uh, where end users are, are getting their job done. You know, we see there that. Ad hoc process is a, is a recurring theme or a recurring problem theme. Uh, the idea of scattered information sources, whether they're in email or they're in you know, your spreadsheet or they're somebody else's email or they're up in the cloud somewhere, you know, it makes it difficult to get the job done. And at the same time, there's, there's misfit technology as a third challenge uh, yeah. for, for work groups and teams. And so we, we try to build an environment, a platform that allows employees at a company, I'm dancing around the words carefully here because I think once upon a time we used to call them users and then somewhere along the line, you know, some 20 odd years ago we were calling people subject matter experts or knowledge workers and I think a more modern uh, term that I I think Gartner termed and and we agree with is citizen developer, right? 
okay. citizen developers within organizations have the ability now to self-solve problems and use technology uh, to improve the way they get their work done. Right. Yeah. So I, I really want to sort of um, zoom into what you call misfit technologies, because I feel like, especially in the B2B world, in which a lot of enterprises, big and small, have invested heavily on traditionally desktop software, whether it is their QuickBooks or an SAP. And when they want to go mobile, they have to basically carry the legacy of those older systems um, because the process is the same no matter if you do it on your phone or on desktop, but the way you do it has to sort of be anchored by the pre-existing system. So can you talk a little bit more of how people get past what you call misfit technologies in order to make themselves more productive in a mobile mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I I think we'd look at misfit technology as both a hardware and a software challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when people are trying to solve problems with a spreadsheet, for instance, we've long time, you know, coined the idea of spreadsheet abuse. You know, people just try to do too much with the spreadsheet where it's not interactive enough. It doesn't provide app experience. It doesn't work well on a mobile device uh, in the same way that, you know, a a mobile user expects their apps uh, to work. In, In similar to that, there are a lot of apps available in the app stores that are very simple. They're very inexpensive, and many of them are extremely powerful, but have a focus on individual productivity. You know, they're, yeah. they're focused on one person, and they don't really get to teams and, and business process and workflow. Um, on the other end of the continuum, however, of course, they're particularly in enterprise. There are platforms that solve big problems for enterprise, and they're just too far removed from the day-to-day business to really try to address the, the wants and desires of the, of the day-to-day worker, right? Mm-hmm. They're very important. I'm not dismissing them in any way. Obviously, you, know, you need your big enterprise systems to steer the ship. But we think Misfit Technology is you know, where those are what you're offered to solve your day-to-day business problems. You don't really have something that gets to what you want. And, and you made a comment there about you know, process staying the same with mobility. I don't entirely agree with that. I think once you get on a mobile device, you do have a chance to change the way you do business. You know, if I think about the way our parent company has changed the retail experience, right? as soon as they put a mobile device in every employee's hands in, a, in an Apple store, suddenly there's no cash register. I don't need to wait in line to pay for something. Right? It's yeah. in a, it's, a, it's a, a transformed business experience, and we have customers that have done exactly that kind of transformation. Uh, for instance, there's the um, Austin City, uh, from Austin, Texas, the Austin City Convention Center mm-hmm. that they manage and, and uh, execute on expos and conferences throughout the year, many, many of them, and, and very large-scale ones. And at the Austin City Convention Center, they literally have city blocks of landscape with which to populate with, you know, booths that people come and rent for their expo. And, and they provide services to them, electricity, um, you know, uh, internet, gas sometimes, lighting, electric, whatever. And, and traditionally what they would do is they would force the customer to come to a help desk, if you will, or an order-taking desk where the customer would say all the things that they wanted in their booth to be provided. And then at the end of some process of collecting that from potentially thousands of customers, they would literally come up with a binder about the size of a ream of paper. And they would give that binder to guys on pallet trucks that would then drive around the expo show floor and try and provide those services. Invariably, of course, the guys in the booths always want another internet drop. They need more power. You know, there's, there's always a change order. And, and the change order processes are for that poor customer to walk city blocks, to get back to a desk, ask for the request change, a new piece of paper is printed, and then eventually that gets sent out to the guys on the pallet trucks who are still fighting over that binder of paper, right? Um, 
what they've done with, with FileMaker Go and the iPad and, and really embracing mobility is they've taken all that and made it a live, real-time digital experience. So they get to a mobile moment where the guy on the pallet truck is right there at the booth. There's a change order that needs to be done. They can execute on it. They can capture that. Nobody needs to walk across you know, city blocks of space to, to change the order. And, and the guys in the pallet trucks can fulfill on the spot. Right? So it's a similar kind of transformation. And that really is the power, I think, of when you can put your own custom apps on those mobile devices in business. Yep, and, and I completely agree. So with that, what's harder? We only have a few more minutes left in this uh, section. But what's harder for your customers to really have that epiphany like the city of Austin of saying, hey, mobile is a totally new form factor. We can basically re-engineer the whole process versus we have all these other systems. We believe the process should stay the same, but we just don't know how to build the, the technology or put it together in the right way. What seems to be harder for your customers, really rethinking a transformative mobile moment or really the technical aspect of just getting a product out? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, it's interesting. We were, I was uh, in a meeting uh, just yesterday with the CEO of FileMaker, and he was making the observation based on the breadth of customer types that come to our website to do trial downloads of our software when they self-identify by industry or by job title and things like that. And what we really feel, you know, with our platform, the, the data shows that we don't have a demographic, right? FileMaker is used by people across every span of business and, and opportunity out there. What we have instead is a psychographic, right? And, and it's really customers that are smart, impatient, and want to self-solve problems. So at some level, the answer to your question is you got to be motivated to want to fix things, right? And want to build something and, and make it happen. But once that's the case, you know, once you have that character and, and you do want to solve it, um, you know, there's a number of factors, right? You can go and you can buy software and, and there's a cost, you know, implication there. It could be getting the $5 app that does something for you. It could be buying something that's tens of thousands of dollars, but you know you'll get ROI on. But once you've done the cost analysis, there's also availability and expertise. I, I think you did a couple weeks ago an interview um, with uh, Jason from Do, do.com. Yep. And, you know, there you've got an app that's all about meeting management. Anybody that uses FileMaker can build a meeting manager, but the difference when you're buying into do is those guys have the science down. They know what meeting management is all about. You know, when I listened to your show there with him, I was just struck by the amount of vision and thought leadership and science that went into the conduct of executing on meetings within the enterprise. That's what I would be buying, right? But the flip side of that and why we think FileMaker is powerful is that every organization has their own competitive advantage. They have their own process. They have unique things that need to be solved, and you can't go by it. You can't find it. So in that case, you know, an enterprising citizen developer, they'll figure out a way to make it happen. And, and so I, it's a tough question to answer because the breadth of our customers and the, the types of problems they solve is, is so broad. Um, but I think you know, given the right platform, given the tools, um, we see it happen every day. You know, it's very empowering. So that, that app federation, if you will, the, the federation of app development, uh, is something I think a lot of enter enterprises out there um, should really take a close look at embracing. Great. And we'll talk, talk more to about your smart and impatient people right <laughs> after the, this break. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. 
If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit. We've been talking to Andy LeCates, who's been teaching us a lot about the development of mobile business apps and for the target audience that FileMaker um, targets who are really smart and patient and what's the word that you use, Andy? Citizen developers, of people who really are eager to problem solve and use um, a mobile platform to really make their teams more productive. Um, so, Andy, since businesses are really looking about trying to capture that mobile moment, whether they have a competitive advantage or not, how would you advise businesses who are really thinking about making a big bet in mobile? How do you think they should first approach it? What are some sort of main questions they should ask themselves before they dive in? Yeah, you know, I, I think that... Um you know the the science of embracing mobility and understanding its impact on on business process. Um, you know it, it's I guess the, the, it's so broad, right? In particular, when you c- compare it with the cross section of the FileMaker customer, which could be the um, the sole proprietorship that owns a small farm and restaurant organization, or it could be you know, easily a Fortune 100 company with lots of governance and compliance issues and and resources available to you know tackle their their app ecosystem. Um, you know, we, we try to provide a platform that empowers you know, citizen developers you know, across all those stripes. And, and we think there's some different factors that really matter. You know, mm-hmm. One is we're, we're trying to take, at some level, um, a non-professional developer and turn them into a developer, right? And so yeah. the, the speed of the journey to competence is very important, and you need some resources. And I think this goes for any kind of programming environment that you adopt, even if it's one that's no-code, low-code, like FileMaker. You want to get somewhere where you can find resources immediately. You can get, you know, all of the documentation, the tutorials, the things that a company normally provides, but also you want a community. You want something you can tap into and ask for questions, get samples of apps, things that you can borrow and reproduce, and you need to build something quick, right? So something that you can you know, build rapidly with uh, is, is absolutely critical. 
and, and then getting immediate results you know follows from that you know with uh, an environment that you know doesn't require a huge investment in learning languages and stitching different technologies together you have the ability to execute to iterate to you know potentially work within a very simple infrastructure these are our goals that we have you know with our platform mm-hmm. and it frees you know it, you get a lot of free features potentially with the platform as well or one like filemaker you know we invest a lot to make sure that with a mobile device you get automatic access to the camera you can automate in your solutions you can dictate into the device you get automatic record locking and sort of data integrity things are handled for you without programming. So in other environments where those things are very difficult to tackle in a multi-user solution, they sort of come for free uh, with a platform like FileMaker, and we think that's important. So who Um, would be the perfect customer that would use a no-code, low-code service like FileMaker versus someone who uh, would want to do a little bit more custom, a little bit more in-depth. What is sort of the, the tipping point where one would fall in one camp versus uh, the other would fall in another camp? Um, you know, I think part of it is the, the, the class of, um, of citizen developer uh, that, that we often target, right? I'll give you a couple examples. You know, one is um, we have a customer that, you know, their story is available on our website. They're called Seabreeze Farm. They're a very small uh, company. They're a dairy farmer. Uh, they're, 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 they're a restaurant. They're a winery. They're all these things. And um, the owner of that farm, uh, whose name is George Page, has built a variety of custom apps around FileMaker and the iPad um, that track everything from, you know, managing the animals, uh, you know, when his cows are going to calf, things like that, um, to the, the progress of their winery. I'm sure there's compliance issues there in, in the production of that uh, aspect of their business. They have a butcher shop, a restaurant, charcuterie. They, they, you know. So there's a lot of things going on there. And mm-hmm. he's a sole proprietorship. He can't afford to necessarily staff, you know, a full-time IT person. And the cost to engage somebody could be pretty large. And he knows his business better than anybody. So why wouldn't he, right? Um, at the same time in a large organization like Austin City, you know, their convention center, um, or I guess recently I was uh, meeting with a customer um, that I can't name because I don't have release rights, I I apologize, but a very large, you know, forestry and and, uh, lumber, you know, products company that one of the challenges they had for uh, mobilization was they have small teams of people that go into the field and the field for them spans tens of thousands of acres across North America and by small team I mean five to ten people and mm-hmm. they needed to build apps that allow them to go out into the field and capture data about tree growth and things like that and various ecosystems but while they're out there they're also capturing other data like the condition of logging roads and things that you know they may not drive a truck across but once every four or five years but they need to know that the roads are in good shape the expense to build that app was critical they couldn't afford to build an app on any other platform or with traditional sort of high weight code environments, right? Yep. Uh, you just can't afford to do it for a team that small, even though the, the result would have been rather critical to their overall business. And so, you know, getting into a low code environment like FileMaker enables them to react and be very responsive to that. And, you know, that, that's, that's important to big enterprises as well as small companies. Yep. So with sort of um, resource constraint being a main factor and also, I guess, time and internal skills, um, no code, low code is a great option. So when, when whether you're a sole proprietor as the charcuterie sort of um, vineyard that you're talking about or the city of Austin, which is a much larger organization, what should our listeners out there look for in mobile development platforms as they're comparing, let's say, a FileMaker to um, other no-code, low-code options out there? What are some of the very important things that you think um, is very uh, helpful and critical for them to take a look at? 
You bet. Um, I, in addition to the things I was talking about before, you know, speed to competence and getting sort of immediate, excuse me, immediate results and uh, some of the free features, I, I think with any platform, depending on the environment you're in, there's a couple other critical factors. One would be the idea of iterative success, right? I think um, w- one of my favorite interviews that you've done was, I believe it was Julie Ask from Forrester, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the idea model to uh, solve problems or, or generate applications in a business, right? And so it went to ideation, development, uh, engineering, and uh, analytics, right? And then you repeat, you iterate over time. And I think you want a platform that allows you to succeed over time and iterate. Uh, the mobile landscape has changed dramatically in the last, you know, two years, let alone seven years, um, and that will continue to be the case, and businesses will continue to transform a pace. So iterative success, I think, is critical. Yeah. The other thing is, I, I think you want a platform that is very durable. Uh, we're very proud at FileMaker that we've been around for 30 years as a technology company. That's fairly rare, uh, but we have uh, put a strong emphasis, not only in the strength of our business over that 30-year period, but also the product, of course, and evolving it to stay relevant. Um, you know, At this point, we're selling millions of licenses per year. That matters to a lot of our customers. When you invest in a data platform, you need to know it's still going to work for you two years from now, three years from now, and beyond. So we, we think that's, that's also important. And my final point, I guess, is depending on your business, enterprise readiness may be an absolute factor. Mm-hmm. You know, we invest a lot in our platform so that FileMaker can be deployed in an environment where governance and compliance are critical. And so we, ha- we have a server-based you know, aspect to our platform that allows you to integrate within the security you know, compliance requirements of the company um, and that allows you to integrate where data Data truth may exist in external you know, database systems, and we integrate very well with those. So getting to an enterprise readiness, I think, is also, uh, in many cases, critical. Maybe not for the small customer, but within a big enterprise, even if you're a citizen developer, you've still got to comply, right? Yeah. Great. Those are great. So um, look, when looking at a mobile development platform that's low-code, no-code, um, iterative success or the dynamic capability of the platform is important. Number two, durability, knowing sort of the background company, and also enterprise readiness, making sure that there's an SLA so that you really have a stable platform out there. Um, So, Andy, one of the things that always comes up with um, a lot of Rumble's clients, but a lot of the guests that we have on the show is the mobile tech ecosystem and how basically every other month there's a mobile disruption, i.e., iOS 9 coming out with content blocking, which is um, really putting a, uh, a, a uh, what's the word, a storm within the publishing community. Um, seeing that you are uh, in the Apple family, how does FileMaker sort of manage to steady the ship when they're, every other month Google can, can make an announcement that really affects so many people on mobile. Facebook can make an announcement. Apple can make an announcement. How do you sort of manage those mobile disruptions for yourself as FileMaker but for your customers also? Yeah, so w- within the Apple ecosystem, we operate as a wholly owned subsidiary, but we op- operate independently. So in many ways, we act as a third-party company, uh, despite being part of, of Apple, right? And, and so it would be well above my pay grade to speak on behalf of Apple, so I won't try to do that. But I think your, que- your question is uh, very critical to us. 
Um, for the 30 years we've been here, we've been very dependent on Microsoft's moves with the operating systems, Apple's moves with the operating systems, the new hardware, the, the you know, new web services and things that move. So we just we try to stay as on top of the marketplace as we can. We have a very aggressive uh, engineering organization. You know, with iOS 9, certainly there are new features that we want to take advantage of in our FileMaker Go platform. Uh, we may not have them all right now, but we will, right? We're, we're paying attention. We want to know, you know, where we have put in signatures and camera capture. We haven't yet put in, say, iBeacon uh, support in the platform, but we look at it very closely. And when we can figure out how to do that in a general, with a general strategy, because we're a platform, not an app, yeah. um, you know, we'll figure out how to make that happen. So it's a delicate dance for us, but we pay, uh, we just try and stay as close to it as we can. We invest as much time and, and energy as we can, it, and it stays fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and you dance as elegantly as possible. Um, so this has been Andy LaCates giving us great tips on how to choose a no-code, low-code mobile development platform. Keep listening for more mobile power and profit. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. Thank you for staying tuned to Mobile Power and Profit. So once a business has gone through the process of planning and building out their first mobile app, perhaps using a platform that's low-code, no-code, like FileMaker with our guest here, Andy LaCates. How can customers, users, better manage the unpredictable changes of the mobile tech ecosystem? Um, You talked a little bit about how FileMaker approaches it, but at a customer level, what 
are some of the things that you've seen, whether they're big mistakes or sort of best practices that users can do as once they've launched their app? Yeah, you know, this is a very interesting challenge for us and for our customer base. You know, as I said, our focus uh, is on citizen developers. It's it's the person who has fundamentally a different day job, right? And yeah. and uh, you know, the the idea of app development is on the back of their business card, and so it it's not always possible for them to carry the amount, the weight of expertise that you know uh, one of the great analysts you know may bring to the table when it comes to addressing mobility, and, and so as such, I think the the evolution for them is in some ways more personal, right? It comes yeah. to just getting at their personal expectations with how apps ought to behave when they get to a mobile device. And you know, as that rapidly changes and expectations change at a user level, it's very interesting when the user has the ability to act on that and say, okay, my app isn't doing what I think it should. <laughs> I really yeah. need something that's more dynamic, that's more immediate, that gets me the answers I want. And we see a lot of our customers that stay on top of it and, and do respond immediately. Um, at the same time, though, we do a lot of advocacy because a lot of our users will build apps. And I think when you're building in a, with a sort of small company focus, you, you don't necessarily have the, how do I call it, the large-scale planning focus that an enterprise might have. When you have 50 mm-hmm. people that you employ, you might have one full-time em, um, employee dedicated to IT, but you may not have the continuous investment understanding that an enterprise does when they adopt an app. And so what we find is a lot of the, the smaller customers will build an app and their expectation is, I'm done, I'll use it. It's kind of like a spreadsheet I created last year. I don't sort of continuously evolve it. Yeah, and, it's like and we, a set it, forget it mentality. It, yeah, exactly. And, and what happens is, um, if you're not careful, your app will appear stale and, and that happens pretty quickly. Um, and even within enterprises where you know, our citizen developers are doing great work and building great apps, you know, sometimes those apps will... Um, They'll add a lot of advantage to the company in terms of ROI and, and raw value over years. But you know, three, four years later, that app may not look quite as modern and as, as relevant as it should. And so we get to these um, tipping points where uh, those apps then become at risk right? Because the company says, that's just, it's not what we need. We need something more professional. So we do a lot of advocacy to our customers at how they can keep the the user interface and the user experience as modern as possible. As we add new features, obviously, we we advocate that our customers adopt those to to stay as modern and relevant as they possibly can, uh, because that stuff matters. And so as a rule of thumb, you know, you know, definitely that uh, app development is on the back of a lot of people's business cards who are citizen developers. What is the right rhythm of re-evaluating the app every three months, every six months? What do you think is sort of the rules of thumbs uh, of trading off? I have a day job at the same time. I want my mobile app product to, you know, be as good as it can be. What are some rules of thumbs? Um, It's tough to come up with the universal rule of thumb. I will say this, you know, I work with um, one of the world's sort of preeminent brands in in publishing that does uh, print and, and moving media publishing globally. Um, and they use upwards of 50 apps based on FileMaker within their organization uh, mm-hmm. for all platforms, including mobile, you know, iPhones, iPads, and, and more. And they do a quarterly review of every app that they have yep. um, to see is it worth it, what have we invested, what's on the horizon. And so every quarter they're validating their investment in figuring out where new opportunities may exist. Um, you know, that's a bigger company. They have a more formal, you know, process for, for managing that in, in their quality, you know, equation, if you will. Um, for the smaller customers, I think you got to look at things at least annually, right? And you look yeah. at your device. Does it look like the rest of my apps? Is it mm-hmm. as efficient as it could be? What, what more could I do? And, and we do have some sort of, um, how do we call it, 
moments within the, the annual calendar, you know, between us and our customer base where we have our annual developer conference and we do, um, you know, our product launches on a virtually annual basis, you know. And so we have a lot of touch points with customers throughout the year to kind of advocate for con- continuous investment. And we think that helps a little bit, but it, it's hard to come up with one perfect formula for all sizes there. Great. So one last question before we end the show. When people have launched their app using, let's say, FileMaker, what are some of the key metrics that you think that they should be looking at to monitor the health of their app so that they, during the annual review or the quarterly review, they can address it? What are some major KPIs that you think across the board, more or less, everyone should be looking at? Yeah, I hate to continuously beat this drum, but it's a similar problem where, again, the breadth of apps we have makes that question hard to, um, you know, address in a universal way. But, you know, that said, um, you know, apart from the standard ROI kind of measurements that that we typically, you know, publish around our customer stories and stuff, I think we have opportunities to get more data out of our apps. You know, for instance, internally, we built an app recently that helps my team as we conduct our sort of evangelism role and we get in front of groups of customers to capture customer data in the field. We actually provide iPads to customers to self-register for the events, tell us what they're there for, tell us what they want to hear. And we have the opportunity to transform that app over time and evolve it so that we're getting, you know, um, uh, what's the, uh, we're getting the, the types of metrics you want in terms of customer engagement, right? Net promoter score type questionnaires at the end of the entry of the information. So, you know, if, that, if your app supports it, there's no reason you can't build that in and, um, and, and get that kind of business that helps you do your, your EPM and your, and your business measurements. So. Great. Well, thank you for at least trying to uh, answer a hard question there. Um, It's been great chatting with you. And to all our listeners, um, we've been talking about low-code, no-code mobile development platforms for smart and patient and, I guess, problem-solving citizen developers, um, such as FileMakers customers, in which the three key takeaways is as you're thinking about your mobile development platform, really consider um, the ability for that platform to have iterative success, be very dynamic, the durability, and enterprise readiness. Um, It's been great having you on the show, Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Really appreciate your time. And I guess if the listeners have any more questions or would like to learn more, maybe become a citizen developer, please check out FileMaker.com. We'd love to uh, love to have you come by. Great. And to all our listeners, remember you can find this and more podcast episodes of Mobile Power and Profit in the iTunes store or simply go to MobilePowerAndProfit.com. Tell us what you thought of today's episode on social media using hashtag RumbleMPP. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, the ultimate platform to run your mobile business. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.